Comic books, action figures, lighters, trading cards, shampoo, fragrance, pinball machines, movies, condoms, and even caskets. The merchandising efforts of 70s shock rock band KISS are so aggressive that they have their own Wikipedia page. Bassist and co-founder Gene Simmons is the driving force behind these promotional efforts, stating in his book, Sex, Money, Kiss, that he just thinks it's fun. Quote, I think it's cool to see my face on a lunchbox. It's fun. I'm doing this for me. You don't have to buy one, said Simmons. Strong business acumen has been at the heart of the band's enterprise since the beginning, but strong knowledge of music has not. In fact, it wasn't until their fourth studio album, 1976's Destroyer, that the gang of New York rockers were forced to learn basic music theory by their new producer, Bob Ezrin. KISS frontman Paul Stanley called the experience of working with Ezrin a, quote, musical boot camp, end quote, but ultimately found it to be a beneficial experience, claiming that the band had, quote, came out a lot smarter for it. Ezrin had a massive influence on the album, forcing the band to scrap a lot of the material they had come in with. Only two songs they had previously written made it to the final album, and both were heavily reworked. One of those songs wound up being a single that almost completely flopped. The A-side saw modest success in one city, but it was the B-side, Beth, that received significant airtime countrywide. The single was re-released with the sides flipped, but the initial flop eventually gained traction, becoming one of the band's most popular songs and eventually becoming the title for the Kiss coming-of-age film about four teens trying to make it to a Kiss concert in Detroit. That's right, we're talking Detroit Rock City by Kiss on Cover Me. That's right, it's Cover Me, the only podcast that compares famous songs to their many cover versions to find out which one is going to die. I'm your host as always, The Snake, joined by my alive co-host... Alex Mildenberger! Alex. Just my life. <laughs> just barely alive. Just holding on. Alex, how are you doing? Uh, I'm living. I'm alive. Living. You know. Life. You're alive. That's me. I'm adjusting my, my mic stand. That's what I do. I love that. Love the little adjusted mic sound noises. The, the fans go crazy for it. Yeah, that's what I'm about. Fantastic, do. Alex. Alex, it's summer's over. Yeah, this is it's, the end of it's summer. Done. This is the end of summer. <sighs> it's, it's entrepreneur summer's coming to an end. How does it feel? Um, it feels like I mean I'm looking forward to it not being super super hot because this was a hot one. You know, yeah, and not just because of us. Yeah. But Laying partially. Hot episodes. Excuse me, but. Uh, Excuse. <laughs> now we now we can go after some artists who have have less business acumen. Finally, all these fucking corporate pigs here. <laughs> corporate. Do you call them pigs? What do you call corporate people? Dogs. Uh, pigs is good, I think. Fat, fat cats. cats. Fat cats. These corporate yeah. fat cats. Like it is very weird mighty, to mighty be mighty doing... Mighty Mighty Boss tones and... Yeah, like the Mighty Mighty Boss tones. Hey, shut up. Billy Joel. Do a good... <laughs> Billy Joel. Yeah, the biggest businessman. So yeah, Entrepreneur Summer's over, I think, and it's going to be the last one. And also, yeah, very weird to be like highlighting business in a time where... Of like financial collapse and... <laughs> yeah, but we've been in financial collapse for like decades. That's true. It's just like a financial collapse plus at this point. Like how yeah. they announced new tiers of PlayStation Plus service. Except now the base <laughs> tier is mandatory. Yeah. And you just have to, they just keep upping the price, man. Yeah. Just keep bumping that price up. But Alex, we are at the end of Entrepreneur Summers. And, and we have talked about a lot of business people. 
So quickly, before we get into the episode proper, I have actually set up a quick tournament bracket here oh. of all of the artists we've talked about this, uh, this this these months this summer to find out who the best businessman is. Who is the true entrepreneur, Alex? So I, I've I've got them set into four categories here so far, and we'll we'll whittle them down. I want you to be quick on these. I want you to 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 speak from the heart like you do in business here, Alex. Yeah, yeah. So the first first matchup I have is Billy versus Billy, or the sort of off-brand businesses. It's Billy Corgan versus Billy Joel. You'll recall Billy Corgan, uh, very involved in wrestling, developing yeah. wrestling leagues, working in all parts of that scene. Billy Joel has a motorcycle shop that doesn't actually work on other people's motorcycles, but is functionally a museum. Yeah, I think I got to give this one to Corgan. It seems so more well. like a large-scale business as opposed to uh, Billy Joel's. Seems more like a hobby that sometimes involves other people. Yeah, I would say that is an accurate one. Um, yeah, it's just like Billy Joel it was is not an entrepreneur. I think at heart that makes him rad. We love him very much for that. Yeah. So, so being the first one out of the entrepreneur bracket, maybe you know, maybe a badge honor. Alex, next category is branding. Jimmy Buffett versus Kiss. Who's got it? I mean, Kiss has got it. it I think. I mean, yeah. Jimmy Buffett's got like one thing, but and maybe it's more well known in terms of a brand. But I don't know if it is the song, but not necessarily the brand. But Kiss is known as a brand, you know. Yeah, it's like Jimmy Buffett has really like made the most out of one thing. Yeah, and I think really gone far with that. And obviously, he's pretty fucking rich. But in terms of just like pushing that to the nth degree, like Kiss just has that greed, that need to put their fucking name on every damn thing. They also had a football team briefly. I forgot to mention that <laughs> football the team. Yeah, I was looking yes. through their merch. Like you can get, you can buy a cornhole set from them. You can yeah. buy a beer pong table. Wacky stuff that you would not think of as no band and merch. caskets. Yeah, and urns. And according to the Wikipedia page, 3,000 product categories. Yeah. Of Shampoos. Condoms. Condoms. Visas. You can get a fucking Kiss Visa card. It's, they're, yeah. they're insane. They're, it's, it's, it's corporate greed gone wild. Alex, yeah. the next category is fashion lines. Oh. We got Beyonce versus Gwen Stefani. I've always associated Beyonce more with that. I think she probably has a larger fall. If you want to go strictly by numbers, like to yeah. be honest, any which way you cut it. Yeah. Gwen Stefani has, I think, very like mid 2000s business where it's like you did fashion enough that you got a cartoon show about your backup dancers. Whereas Beyonce was like, we're teaming up with Adidas to, to make clothes that my fan base will want. It's like more massive in scope. Yeah, I think so. From my perspective, which so, is well, uh, limited because I don't. Uh, really consume either artists music or products so well listen alex people come to us for accurate business reporting yeah. so i would appreciate so i gotta shape up research next time do my research up. yeah alex now just the last category they're All not right. really a good fit together for any reason and i think there's wild a card <laughs> yeah the wild card category we had jay-z versus dr dre oh um oh that's a tough one I am going to lean towards Dr. Dre because he's really? really put his name on like one very specific, you know, business that's Beats by Dre, even though mm-hmm. I don't even think he's really involved with it anymore. But like it's still, I still associate him with that. And 
I've always thought of him in that light more so than Jay-Z. Right. The thing is, Jay-Z is literally worth a billion dollars. True. He's, He's got cash. He has um, cash. Yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah, so it's in terms of, like, I guess, name recognition versus literally dollar recognition. Yeah. You fucked me up, Alex. I thought for sure you were just going to say Jay-Z on this. It's, um, it's a tough decision. <laughs> it is a tough decision. I'm going to put them both through to the next round. I'm going to call it a tie because oh, okay. I disagree with you. So here's the lineup now. Uh, Kiss versus Jay-Z. Who's it going to be, Alex? It's just such a a different thing, you know? Kiss is very much focused on merchandising, you know? Mm-hmm. They're selling the idea of Kiss. That's whereas right. Jay-Z, I feel, is, is more broad in terms of business aspirations. Yeah, and I think in terms of entrepreneur, if that's the title we're applying here, yeah. it applies more to Jay-Z. I think, I think like, Jay-Z has to take it as much as I thought Kiss was going to sweep this. I think I have to put Jay-Z ahead of them. Yeah, Kiss is a, a monster player in this. That is why we're finishing with them. Um, I'm going to put Billy Corgan versus Dr. Dre. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> I think it's got to go to Dre, right? Yeah, I think it's got to be Dr. Dre. Love Billy Corgan. Love 1979. Um, I don't know if I love Billy Corgan. I like some of his stuff. <laughs> yeah. I like that he does wrestling stuff. I think that's neat. Um, shit, Alex. In in order to make it so we don't just go Jay Z versus Dr. Dre again, Beyonce <laughs> versus Dr. Dre. <laughs> Beyonce versus Dr. Dre. Uh, are we gonna end with Beyonce and Jay Z? It could. Because I am leaning towards Beyonce for a similar reason. I don't know. I I also associate. I, think- I don't know why. Yeah. Her name is becoming more prominent. Like Dr. Dre has like the history. Yeah. But. Beyonce has the benefit of like modern she's like got some decent history herself that, you know yeah exactly like she's yeah she's still from the 90s and like her brand has exploded and she's done some like movie stuff lately that's right like Austin Powers gold member yeah that was recent right yesterday um she was in well she was in the Lion King but she also made that black is King movie oh okay yeah anyway she does a lot of stuff so I think I think if yeah I think she has more 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 gas left in the tank so to speak yeah yeah I don't all know all right Alex Jay Z versus Beyonce for oh my business gosh. acumen uh, listen if we were just going off the songs we covered Jay Z easy win Empire State of Mind way better than Halo but yeah <laughs> can we just like say the Carters or whatever and. The, uh, the Carters win. <laughs> yeah, I I guess truly who whoever wins the other one also wins. Yeah. So um, I, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who to give it to at this point. I'm gonna say Jay Z by a hair. It's it's the basically another version of the Kiss versus Jay Z because I think yeah. the Beyonce name is more like emblazoned on products and like this is Beyonce's thing. Hey Bayhive, get a load of this Beyonce thing. Whereas Jay-Z is, like, doing businesses, like, sitting in boardrooms and being like, this is how we sell this product or whatever. Like, he is a little more behind the scenes in that sense while still having his name attached to things. That's my understanding, though. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm going to give Jay-Z by here. And if it came down to a tiebreaker by music, yeah, still Jay-Z, so. <laughs> there yeah. you have it. Wild, I almost knocked him out in the first round, eh? 
It's crazy, Alex. It is insane to me that you almost gave it to Dr. Dre over Jay-Z. I really wanted to do the Kiss versus Jay-Z matchup, though, so I kind of pushed that one through. There you have it, folks. The greatest entrepreneur of all time, or at least all summer, Jay-Z. But you know who's a close runner-up is my partner, Greta James, who, by the time this episode comes out, might actually not be selling clothes on the street until winter. But hey, check that street corner. Robson and Denman in Vancouver, Canada. Follow her on Instagram. Popular, it's pop up. Let's 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 give that woman some money. Cause hey, what else are you doing with it? Paying rent? Come on, not in this economy. Alex, we got so much to talk about in this episode. Kiss. Yeah, kiss. What's your history with these guys? They they're uh, they've been around forever. You know, they're just one of those groups that you know about. Yeah, they are truly. They're listed on Wikipedia at least as like one of the most influential rock groups, and it's like, yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, it's weird to think about because I don't think about them that much, right? Mm-hmm. But it's hard to not like appreciate them in that way. And even like looking up their their music on Spotify, I know I know a handful of Kiss songs. You know, "Rock and Roll All Night" being probably the big one. Yeah, um, with a few other ones, obviously this one, Detroit Rock City, and Detroit like Rock Strutter City and stuff. Um, Strutter, Beth, I know have, of, but yeah, like, Beth, I, don't really know I do Beth know Beth. Well. They have a lot of songs. Like they were mm-hmm. going for like a couple decades there, yeah. and not a lot of it is like has been like synthesized into the general um, like music knowledge of the public, but some of it has. And that's more than you could say about a lot of groups. Um, so yeah. I don't necessarily have like a hugely high opinion of them just casually. But if you did really start to think about it, it's like, yeah, they, they're important, you know? Yeah. Well, it's interesting because they also are important for a lot of like corporate rock. They are like the the bubblegum pop of hard rock. They're like <laughs> yeah. the monkeys for metal. Like they're... <laughs> They're such a like 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 a brand. They are a brand, and they they, they kind of ushered in the era of hair metal, and this really like pump out the dollars with just you know butt rock and what have you. That <laughs> yeah, it's, it and, is fascinating that they do have songs I consider good. <laughs> yeah, that almost surprises me more than anything. Because if I just think of Kiss and like I remember hearing like the announcer at a Kiss concert, like a recording, um, not a Kiss concert I was at, like a video I was watching, mm-hmm. um would say like the hardest band in the world kiss yeah, you wanted like, the best you got the best yeah and it's like clearly so much of what kiss is is um just that marketing and that like believing in it right mm-hmm. like in that way it actually made me think of american gods the book mm, uh, where yeah. so much of the god and like they're like literal rock gods because us believing in them is like the most important thing like they that's have right. to project this this like mythology about themselves, and that's kind of part of their whole thing too. Because like w- when they were just starting out, and like they had their names were like the demon and the star child, and they had masks on. It wasn't about the person so much as like this character. Yeah. So like, yeah, they're important for those reasons, and yeah, it's yeah, it is crazy. Yeah. You talk about that that belief in that these like fucking dudes are so hardcore. Like I remember being in elementary school. And these two dudes were like that I knew. Um, you you know them, Joel and Mark. Yeah, were, were yeah. huge into Kiss. Yeah, that's who I was like, thinking of a lot this week too. Because like, yeah, I, I was like, I wonder where those guys are now. Yeah, 
and then just like so i like wanted to be into kiss too and then i was like wait kiss is also like hard rock maybe my dad likes kiss and then i can be better friends with my dad and my dad was like eh, they're okay <laughs> i was like ah shit <laughs> But, yeah, it was a huge part of, like, oh, this is cool, this is tough, and this is, like, this rock and roll. This is, like, the ideal that I was aiming for as a child. And you grow up, and you're like, nah, it was sold as that. Yeah. Is it actually that? Not as much, but it's not completely soulless. Like, you did compare them to the monkeys, but, like, they weren't exactly the same, because for them, it was kind of coming from within, right? That's like right. they were managing their own business where they weren't put together by a corporation. That's true. And they do like, even before they learned music theory, they were writing their own songs. Mm-hmm. Cause uh, even this one, Detroit rock city was uh, written by Paul Stanley. A lot of them, the music and instrumentation is of course, heavily modified by Bob Ezrin. Right. Who uh, I wasn't familiar with until this week, but he gets around. Yeah. I feel like I've seen the name around. He's definitely like, yeah, I don't remember all the stuff he's worked on, but he's worked Lou with Lou like, Reed, Alice Cooper, Aerosmith, yeah. Kiss, Pink Floyd, Deep Purple, Peter Gabriel, Andrea Bocelli, and Fish are some of the big names. Yeah, and that's some pretty big names. That's huge names. So impressive. Yeah, he's uh he's out there. And he's worked on uh, hey, two cellos is one of the people he's worked with in oh, twenty thirteen. Yeah. We covered them Talked way back. Uh, Thirty six to Mars he works with. Um Let's see. School's Out and Billion Dollar Babies and Welcome to My Nightmare by Alice Cooper, among like a fucking ton of others. But those yeah, are some of the that must ones. have been where I heard the name is in reference to Alice Cooper. Yeah, I'm seeing what else he's got here. This is it's on his Wikipedia page. It's just a partial discography. Yeah. Uh, he co-produced Every Inch of You by The Darkness. Okay. Just the one track. I like that song. Yeah, it's a great song. Uh, what else has he got here? Uh, yeah, tons of shit. Tons of a few Kiss albums. <laughs> the Wall, the, little little album called The Wall. Maybe little album it? called The Wall. Yeah, uh, and a yeah. bunch of like lesser, <laughs> lesser acclaimed yeah. Pink Floyd albums. Uh, Lou Reed's Berlin. Yeah, fucking yeah. So he, huge deal, and he just comes in here and basically just tells these fucking guys how to make music. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, a lot of the times you just need a producer to pull everything together, you know? Yeah. That is uh, ultimately the role of a producer. Um, so <laughs> we're talking about... The, let's. I've, I've given the award of, like, easiest song to, to talk about lyrically. This is definitely one of the front runners. <laughs> yeah, it's very much describing... Yeah, it's some events all there in the lyrics. Um, worth noting, the reason they picked Detroit as the city is not because this is where the incident occurred. This is actually based on a factual incident that occurred in Charlotte, which is yeah, North Carolina, I think. North Carolina, yes. And so the Detroit is a big rock and roll city. Alice Cooper um, and others. I forget who else they they attributed to Detroit, but. Yeah, the 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 members of Kiss were big fans of Detroit rock and the Detroit sound, so they put Detroit as the name. Originally, what Paul Stanley had, I can't seem to find. Yeah, he says I had the basic riff of the song, the get up, get down part, but I didn't know what the song was about except it was about Detroit. And then I remembered on the previous tour, I think it was in Charlotte, somebody had gotten hit by a car, hidden. <laughs> somebody got hit by a car and killed outside the arena. I remember thinking how weird it is that people's lives end so quickly. People can be on their way to something that's really a party and a celebration of being alive and die in the process of doing it. So that became the basis for the lyric. 
Yeah, which is kind of, I mean, I would say like a fairly profound thought that creeps into your mind every once in a while. You're like, wow, life is so fragile, you know? Yeah. And you're like, I could make the slightest mistake and be off by a hair and then everything could just be over. Um, I don't think the song is quite that quite as profound <laughs> it's like but let like, me attach that to this party rock anthem yeah. i've got going like it's got a pretty good idea behind it yeah and i will say in terms of drama like in terms of intensity like the guitars on this really play into that yeah it's uh yeah. and especially when you hit that instrumental solo and like the bridge and the doubling like there is this like action to it this high intensity uh, but it is like a sort of a, a like an action movie view on death rather than like <laughs> wow, like he he didn't make it to the yeah, show alive. It's like, like this dude fucking died doing what he loved, drinking, smoking, and listening to Kiss, brother. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like Bad Out of Hell, but where Bad Out of Hell is more like operatic. This is just like rock anthem, straight yes. rock anthem. A hundred percent. Um, and interestingly, you know, you want to talk about our connection to Kiss. I had no idea the album version featured a tight minute and a half of radio intro. Yeah. Uh, which I will read out here. We don't really need to uh, decipher it. It's it's, it's a news report. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, this is the spoken word part done by Bob Ezrin. So he's responsible for keys on the track and for this, along with, of course, producing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Congressional reports, President Ford says that he's disappointed with Congress's performance in Detroit. A Pontiac, Michigan youth, was reported dead at the scene of a head-on collision on Grand Avenue this morning. He was reportedly driving on the wrong side of the boulevard when he struck a delivery truck and was catapulted through the windshield of his car. The the, The driver of the truck is reported to be uninjured. The identities of both men are being withheld by local police. County legislatures today are expected to rally to the aid of striking longshoremen in the hopes of ending the nine month deadlock. And then we get like a radio cut to rock and roll all night, party every day. Ah, wanna rock and roll all night, party every day. And then we get some more noises car starting up boom the guitars come in yeah it's because it's it's a it's a news report right and then there's ambient sound so it kind of sounds like there's a a, like someone sitting in a diner just listening to a radio or tv or whatever yeah because you hear like the dishwashing noises yeah and and, yeah various ambient sounds and like they get up you hear a door Mm -hmm. and then they leave and rev the engine yeah uh, and yeah, Ezra wanted to do that, and that's why this is the opener on the album. He just wanted to kind of like throw people off, essentially. Which, yeah, it worked because I didn't know that that was part of the intro. The other reason I really know this song is Rock Band, which does not have that intro. Yeah, of course, King for obvious reasons. Never play it. News report, pitch perfect. Gotta just read out the news report. Make various clinking of cup sounds on the drums. Yeah, you're like, shit, shit, where are my glasses? You get the rock band set of glasses. <laughs> and a sink to wash them in. You're like, <laughs> I feel uptight on a Saturday night. Nine o'clock, the radio's the only light. I hear my song and it pulls me through. Come on, comes on strong, tells me what I gotta do. I gotta. Get up. So, there's a, like, this part kind of seems self-referential, right? At the mm-hmm. end, because the song is literally telling him what to do, but the song is this song. But That's there's right. another song that was... Oh, where can I find it? Um, oh, I had this thing up. I've lost it. Apparently, there's a reference... Wait, is it referencing a specific song, or is it just like... 
Yeah, well, I, I thought I had something, but now I don't remember the details and I can't find it. So maybe oh, we should just move on. Um, we move on. So yeah, the guy's restless on a Saturday night. Yeah. The only thing that's getting him through is the radio. His favorite song comes on and it tells him to cut loose. Basically. Basically, yeah. And um, and he agrees with it. He's like, what am I going to do? And they're like, he's like, get up. He's like, yeah, I got to go dance. So he's got exactly. this get- this drive to go somewhere else, do something with his mm-hmm. life. Not do something with his life, but do something. But do something, right? Yeah, not not in a, like a, a higher purpose sense, but get up. Everybody's going to move their feet. Get down. Everybody's going to leave their seat. You got to lose your mind to Detroit Rock City. Get up. Everybody's going to move their feet. Get down. Everybody's going to leave their seat. Yeah, it's telling him to go wild. Okay, here we go, here we go, here we go. You got it? I found it. Let me see if I have all the details. Okay, it says, Short Rock City was based on an earlier song that Kiss performed in... Oh, okay. It wasn't what I thought it was. Okay, so there was an earlier song that Kiss performed only in concert called Acrobat. Apparently, the song was kind of based on that. And for some reason, I, in my head, made up that that was referencing that song when he said there's a song I've heard on the radio and it tells me to do this thing but I actually don't mm-hmm. know Acrobat and I don't think that that's what that means so I was like oh it's self-referential because it's actually referencing this earlier version of itself but it, right which would have been cool but it's probably not true would have been cool I don't think that's like a kiss move I guess they do reference their other song in the, the intro here but <laughs> that one's a little more on the nose um yeah it doesn't feel like a kiss move to me but yeah this is like like he said, he had the chorus basically when he wrote this. Yeah. And then attached the verses to it. But uh yeah, there's sort of like a, a darkness and you gotta lose your mind in Detroit Rock City because the dude loses his mind in life. Yeah. Or like compare it to <laughs> uh, Don't Lose Your Head. Um which Lose Your Mind, Lose Your Head. Intro. Which yeah. could literally just be death by decapitation like ah damn yeah i know his name um yeah i guess it, yeah ultimately it just feels like they're saying like almost every kiss song is like have a good time yeah let's have a good time let's have a good time let's, go, let's have a good time yeah shout it out loud have a good time rock and roll all night have a good have time, a good time. <laughs> detroit rock city have a good time have a good and time. die uh yeah Jeremiah like, was what a else can you get out of that? Get up, move, dance, and go. You know, let 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 release your inhibitions, feel the rain on your skin. This is the kiss version of that. <laughs> yeah, no one else can feel it for you and all that. Yeah, but it's getting late. It's getting late. I, I just, just can't, can't wait. wait. Ten o'clock, and I know I got to hit the road. First, I drink, then I smoke. Start the car, and I try to make the midnight show. Well, short notice, but he's trying to make the midnight show. But he's got two hours, right? It's been an hour since the last verse. Um, yeah. Not sure what he did in that time. Um, danced alone, maybe? Yeah. But now he's drinking and smoking. But he drank, and now he's going to drive. Bad decision. Bad decision. Or I'm ass- you know, We have to assume that he drank more than the legal amount he's entitled to in in Detroit. Just, I guess he, he's, he's got to be at least an hour, hour and a half away, right? So he must be driving from a pretty, like a, a town just outside of Detroit. Got to be. 
maybe Detroit traffic was terrible in the 70s. I don't really know. Of course, as we'll later find out, Kiss doesn't know how to get to Detroit either. <laughs> but, yeah, so we find out that he's making some, some party-on decisions for sure, but also clearly dangerous decisions. We're setting up a little foreshadowing of what's to come here. And it's coming up soon. It's coming up soon. So we hit the course again, get up, get down, shake it all around. Instrumental break. Verse 3, moving fast down to 95. Hit top speed, but I'm still moving much too slow. I feel so good, I'm so alive. Hear my song playing on the radio. It goes. Yeah, so apparently there's no there's no I-95. Not that would connect to Detroit. <laughs> Going to Detroit? Yeah, so I mean, I guess, yeah, that just kind of further implies that the the geography the literal geography is not that important so the fact that it's 10 o'clock and he needs to get somewhere in two hours but it's kind of iffy like that doesn't really matter they don't know what they're talking about actually but it's fine (laughs) that's fine yeah they're just like hey just listen to the vibe like yeah and lose details so they actually in 2012 on the a digital remaster of destroyer kind of altered his voice to sound like he's saying doing 95 oh interesting it's weird and that is interesting haven't listened to that but here's the thing about that is there is i mean it's what that really demonstrates so fast dude's a fucking maniac yes the highest like according to this like genius annotation the highest like s- speed limit on a highway in America is one in Texas State Highway 130, which has a section that has a posted speed limit of 85, which is still pretty gnarly. But yeah, that's over 150 kilometers an hour. Yeah. Where do you got to be going at that speed? I have driven at that speed in my life. It's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. It's not... I don't know. I don't think I've ever gone that fast. Well, probably on an airplane. I've gone that fast, and I had a dude pass me. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. But, yeah, so he is driving insanely recklessly. But it feels good. But his song's playing on the radio. Again, his song's playing on the radio. And And he's, you know... He's, uh... Well, that's the other... His other feeling is he can't go fast enough, you know? He still feels kind of restless. Mm-hmm. He's feeling good, but he's still like, still needs more. That's right. This song is both about living in the moment and also chasing the high. It's uh, the contradiction between the two. Because, yeah, get up, everybody's going to move their feet, get down, everybody's going to leave their seat, sure, but you still can't move fast enough somehow. Still moving too slow. Or is he moving too fast? We'll find out soon. Well, <laughs> he asks Simon and Garfunkel. I can tell you, they got some opinions on that. <laughs> so we get the chorus again. We get to verse 4, 12 o'clock. I got a rock. There's a truck ahead, lights staring at my eyes. Oh my God, no time to turn. I got to laugh because I know I'm going to die. Why? 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 Yeah, there's your real existential questions. Like, why do we die? Well, in this case, it's because you're going very fast. Possibly 95, 95 in the wrong hour. lane towards a big-ass fucking 18-wheeler. Yeah. It's, uh... Dangerous behavior, you know? Yeah. Sometimes that leads to accidents. And in this hypothetical situation, it did. And it's, I don't know, it's its like sudden because there's not, I mean, maybe a bit of a hint because he's acting recklessly, but like suddenly for the last line to be like, I'm going to die. 
and like that's the end. That's also the, end of the story. The time is ten o'clock. He gets in the car, right? Yeah. Two hours later, he is gunning it. He's going higher than show. any speed limit in the yeah, United States going? of America, and he still hasn't made it to the venue yet. <laughs> He's got to be pretty far away. Yeah. Yeah, that's got to be. Hours. So he's gone upwards of 180 miles. Like, it's pretty far. Yeah, and if we're talking like he's driving in the wrong lane, it's probably like a two-lane road here, right? Like, I'm assuming he's passing someone. Yeah, that would be my guess as well. And, and then, then just, like, obviously there's no meridian up. or anything. This isn't like city infrastructure highway. Yeah, single-lane like, highway. Single-lane yeah. highway, single, and it's not divided. Whatever you call that. Yeah. So again, getting too deep into the details here, but yeah. <laughs> but that's the story, right? Like that's, that's what happens. The story. It's a guy who's like, I gotta go see some rock and roll. Um, I'm going to live fast, die young. Um, and then he does. He does exactly that. And yeah, he laughs at the end because he's like, "Well, that's rock and roll, baby." Yeah. This is like, what can you do if there's nothing you can do and you know you're gonna die? It's like, well, that's it. I tried, I guess. Yeah, I know I'm going to die. I'll ask why at the end, but hey. Try my best to rock and roll. Try my best to listen to the, the values of Detroit Rock City. <laughs> yeah, and I think, I mean, I think it really plays into the idea of, uh, I mean, not just Kiss, but the like rock and roll mythology of like mm-hmm. needing to put this much effort into something in this case seeing this this band perform or this show because it's so important it's like why wouldn't you put your all into it you know yeah that's so really what the song is, on purpose, is but a rock and roll myth yeah and that that like the details don't add up the cities are fictional basically yeah. <laughs> and but it's it's to yeah yeah espouse these ideals of like you die for the music, man. You fucking live fast, die young, like you said. Fucking drink and smoke and go crazy, party, bro. Like, that is all the stories I heard. You'd always hear stories about, I cannot remember which musician it was, but it's like, he got pulled over and his blood alcohol level is like 10%, bro. Like, yeah. What the fuck? I'm sure there have been stories about plenty of artists who have that kind of situation going there was a rumor like keith richards had a full like blood replacement which i don't even think is possible um but that was like the rumor for a while it's like they just drained his blood and put new stuff in it was was so fucked no i've seen that they drained dio's blood they put it back into keith richards and he comes back to life (laughs) oh yeah i've seen this movie Uh, (laughs) i remember that happening but yeah, so many rock and roll stories are just like about like either dying in some radical high speed, like literal high speed or high alcohol way or coming back from that. Like the whole Motley yeah. Crue story. It's like we did so much heroin, man, and then we died for two minutes, but then the doctors brought me back up just in time for me to do more heroin. And you're like, mm, okay, <laughs> this is rock and roll. So yeah, yeah this is part of the myth a slice of that. I would say it's less part of the myth making nowadays. Yeah, um, it's certainly for, like, an modern era. Modern rock and roll. I'm not. I don't know that there are less drugs, but it's. Uh, I feel like 
at least the usage is more responsible. Yeah, or something. It's it feels different. I'll I'll say that. Yeah. It's uh yeah you know maybe because it's not a myth yet. Right, you gotta you gotta let time go. Yeah. And build these myths. Now you still hear myths and stories, right? Yeah, maybe it just hasn't built up to the same level though. That's all. Yeah, it's like uh, a you know game of telephone. It's exactly, exaggerated. Yeah, yeah. Every Got exaggerated step of the over way. time. Um, what we're gonna exaggerate next is the instrumentals, and we're not gonna exaggerate. I don't know. I was gonna come up with some of the funny there, Alex, and I didn't. <sighs> Here we go, Alex. The instrumentals. Talk about that sweet music. It is that. Yeah. Very very simple. All on the guitar, and it's just just dan and then like you did it would go in between two notes and then like play some power chords and then back to that yeah uh, i'd say uh i mean i recognize it you know i, I remember playing that and i would say band. it's iconic yeah i'd put it on yeah. that level um i'm listening to the album version hang on let me put it there you go <laughs> it's just it's like, just coffee can't cups. hear a fucking thing um and, but it doesn't last very long. About twenty seconds. I'm using the timestamps from the version without the intro because um, sure, yeah, the greatest hits. Yeah, it's easier to navigate. Um, right in that intro, there's like two guitars and there's a bass, and everyone's just kind of playing the same thing. So there's a lot of that reinforcement going on, and mm-hmm. this this song uses that a lot. A lot. Doubling things it's up, almost but not very... all the time. There's some interesting stuff the bass does, or some definitely different yes. stuff. Later Allegedly on. inspired by R and B, which um, I read okay. that Gene Simmons took credit took credit for it, and I've also read that Bob Ezrin fucking said, "Listen here, you idiot, play these notes on the bass." Yeah, because the the Wikipedia page specifically has a a like paragraph, which is a sentence about bassist Gene Simmons wrote this bass line, which the way it's written kind of sounds like his PR people wrote that line, whether yeah. or not he wrote the bass line. Um, cause like, oh, let's just for a sec real quick, call out Gene Simmons. Like, mm. yeah, it's cause kiss is also in some ways the Gene Simmons ego machine. It's like, it's built to just bump yeah. him up. Yeah. I mean, and then does he still do reality TV nowadays? I always knew um, reality he's TV. Got, he's got big plans. So they're doing their farewell tour, which they've been doing for probably 10 years. Right. Until like two, like 2023, I think. Yeah. It's like a four-year tour. then he talked in an interview, I think it actually came out this last week, where he's like, listen, there should be a Kiss stage show that's like autobiographical, semi-autobiographical, and it, we get people to, you know, it's not Kiss performing the band, but we got actors and stuff to do it. Maybe we do the occasional show. And then his other idea from that interview, he's like, I'm trying to sell it. Kiss the next generation where we get, you know, we find, you know, four deserving 20-year-olds, his words, not mine, four deserving 20-year-olds to fill in, you know, wear the makeup and become kids. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, Devo did it, right? (laughs) That's, That's what I thought of immediately and how funny the difference is between the two ideologies that lead to the same conclusion. Yeah, so different. Devo's like, well, the world's the world sucks and people are terrible and everything. Everyone's dumb, yeah. so we might There's as well do like, that. Fuck everything it. turns to garbage, so we might as well be in charge of the garbage yeah. facility. He's like, I just want to push the Kiss brand and expand it. Yeah, Gene Simmons dimension. is like the dynasty must continue. Yeah, yeah, very different ideals. 
Ah, I can't believe we're still talking about Devo. I would, did not expect that before the episode. Anyway, all right, that's what he's up to. We let's, we were talking about the music, though. Um, yes. So that bass it's line to talk comes about up this once we get it to the is verse. So iconic to me. Yes. Yeah. Once we get to the verse, so there's we get the vocals. That's uh, Paul Stanley, um, who. Did you ever listen to that like compilation of just like Paul Stanley amping up the audience? Clips. No, I haven't heard that. I looked it up, but I, it doesn't seem to be available right now. Or maybe just the link was broken. But it's just like, uh, I, it must have been on... Oh, I don't even remember. It must have been like um, SoundCloud or something. Uh, where it's just like a bunch of stuff from live Kiss performance. And who's just been like, how's everybody doing tonight? All right. It's just like one after the other. Just, just mm-hmm. screaming. That guy has got energy. <laughs> to spare is the point like he's got pipes and he can shout yeah i mean I was, I, we talked a bit of shit about a kiss deservedly i think but like they were ultimately two things like businessmen and showmen yeah absolutely and like yeah paul stanley is i'm not convinced he's the best technical singer mm-hmm. um but yeah he can shout he can shout some lyrics yeah, um, it's you know sometimes and, you, you know, want the Domino's stays, pizza, and that's he's not what he like is. a bad singer or anything, you know. Yeah, he's, he's in key, right? And he's have just constantly. It sounds like he's just like shouting all the time, you know. Like there's a lot of I already said energy, but like I'm amazed that the way his voice sounds, like it's still more or less like he can still sing. I saw the video I saw was from like five years ago, but like he's still in his sixties. Yeah. Anyway. Hey, way to go, Paul Stanley. Yeah, and yeah, he feels like he's got big presence on this. He's basically shouting at you the whole time, but that's what sells the song, right? That's what makes the song what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you get that. You get the cool bass liners, kind of the big emphasis. That boom, 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 yeah. boom, boom, boom. There's a, and the, in this section, all the stuff kind of has a similar idea where it's kind of like quick section, and then the bang, like then it lets it ring out in the quick section. Yeah, but yeah, this bass line, like R and B influenced. Okay, I I don't know why it's that. I don't know yeah, enough about R and B, but yeah, it's kind of just like and so like there's some pretty quick passages in there. Hmm. It's yeah, it's a very cool bass line. Perhaps cooler than it deserves to be, but it is is cool and it really holds down those verse sections because, like you said, like you get the big sustains on the guitar, so they're kind of stepping back, and drums yeah. are kind of just holding your cymbal rhythm there. They're just giving it a little extra oomph, but still staying in the back there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bass and then of course turned up quite a bit. But sorry, bass turned right up. Yeah, I was gonna say your big thing on this is drum roll transitions every fucking yeah. Yeah, big transition in, into that chorus. Yeah. And you That's get your backing it. vocal energy. Like get up. Everybody gonna move their feet. Get down. Everybody yeah, back up some doubles. And and that's yeah. also supported, like, the get up. Yeah, that all gets uh, supported by the guitar and drums. Because when we get those ba-ba, that's also yeah. guitars playing, drums are hitting. Yeah, so, like, the punctuation so on this support. in terms yeah. of hitting the big things is... Yeah, it's textbook. It's, yeah. it's right down to it. I'd say compared to the verse, like once we hit the chorus, it really sounds like everyone gets in sync and kind of starts mm-hmm. to play at those same beats, whereas they're a little bit more separate in the verse section. 
Yeah, it's the 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 verses are almost like the chaotic life of this this driver slash kiss fan, whereas the chorus really is the song on the radio. Yeah, I guess so. Down it feels more yeah. like yeah. It's an effect telling an effective tale. Yeah. Um, the other thing that happens in this first chorus is it's longer than the later choruses. And That's it right. has like the line in the middle where they do the gotta move your mind in Detroit. And Detroit. that part has this riff that comes again later, but this is where we introduce it. Yeah. So there's that a couple like, like important riffs in this. Mm-hmm. In this there is song. for sure. And that one is the basis of the solo later, isn't it? Um, it plays, bam, yeah. Bam, 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 bam. And then they, they do the, the like. Bam, 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 bam. But that's later. That's later. Yeah, that is later. Um, the other thing, uh, so that's that's the chorus. But then, like, the verses don't have a lot of difference between them. No. Like, I didn't notice anything. Which is no, usually there's steady. something. But this is like, oh, no, no, no. We already turned it up to tan like <laughs> like the yeah, dial doesn't go just, higher we we don't need to go higher this is fine we're there yeah the major difference is just the delivery of the line first i drink then i smoke that's like that always always stood I out to me so first i drink but then i'll smoke yeah because it kind of like has pauses in there it does stand yeah. out yeah i agree and then yeah you get the second chorus which i think after the second chorus, you get some big motor noises. I'm not sure if that's on the greatest hits version here. I was listening to the greatest hits version, so I don't. Which part is it? So just like at the end of the second chorus, there you get a little bit like because the see. song itself, the album version, ends with the big car crash noise that transitions into the next track. So I think on the album version, they kind of throw it in a little more to keep that like uh, whatever you want to call it that idea in the background hmm yeah i i didn't compare the versions really i did i didn't li- i listened to the album version and since i know the song so well i didn't bother to fucking do the greatest hits version uh, <laughs> uh but that's good we've covered our ground between the two of us so right on there is a small difference there in production here's the other thing so there's a piano mm. playing in this yes but you can hardly hear it I know. Um, I was like, Bob Ezrin on keys. What the fuck do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> and, and there's like a few there. moments, notably like after, like at the end of the chorus and such, where you can hear the note that has already been played ring out slightly longer than the other ones. So you're like, oh, there's a piano in there. But that's the that's only right. time I could ever hear it. Yeah. Like there's evidence of piano, but I don't think I ever heard it actually get played. Yeah. Yeah, you never hear the initial note. You hear the uh, yeah. the the sustain. The decay on it. or the, the decay. Yes. So it's there. It's there. But I don't know. Um, I guess the next big moment is the guitar solo, right? Well, there's two instrumental breaks. Yeah. Because there's one. The first one it plays the riff. Are you? Did you already move past that? Did you already say that? Maybe I. I'm I'm at about the two thirty mark here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so this is where they start playing that riff. Yes. Um, and then they kind of modulate up. That's when they do. I, do they modulate or do they double? I uh, let's find out. Because you do have two guitarists on here. You have yeah. Ace Freely and Paul Stanley, both credited with lead guitar. 
So I was under the impression yep, that true. similar true to the place. song "The Boys Are Back in Town," you know the the guitar solo on the. They do double up. That's true. They double up on that one. It's just like a real. Is that like a real seventies rock move? Like just to double up. I feel like there were more guitars crazy? around at the time. I think it was a big thing, and this was the big era of the decade of solos, right? Because you start to get that pushback with like eighties punk, where it's like slow down on these solos so yeah i think a lot of guitarists in the field sounds to me like they they're a bit higher because there's one guitar that's just playing like power chords okay and then one that's still playing the riff but everything's shifted up just a little bit that's mm. what i think has happened i hear the second guitar come in though and while the other one is still playing it's a real left right So like if you go to like two start at like two thirty eight, you will hear the one guitar doing the no 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 and then you'll hear it keep going as a new guitar enters in the right. But the modulation doesn't happen until like one forty five. Hmm. Okay. Are we talking about the same point? I said 245 and you said 145, so maybe not. Oh, shit. I thought you said you were at 130 before. Did you say you're 230? No. Okay, I'm talking about the first instrumental break. Cool. Okay, so we've been talking about, yeah. (laughs) All right, so that answers that question. So you're talking about two minutes and 48 seconds. Okay, you're talking about the. Yeah. Yeah, just that riff. Okay. No, 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 yeah. you're absolutely right. In that second part, they double up. That's their, like, duet part where they're playing together. No, absolutely. Yeah, and you're right on your section <laughs> as well here. <laughs> I'm just uh, listening to I it I was now. like, I could have sworn it was, yeah. I know, I was fucked up. I was like, Alex, how can you not hear this? Like, it's not <laughs> hidden in any way. <laughs> All right, yes, that's that. And then that's the other kind of riff in this other solo part. That's where they play this descending line, which also sounds very cool. It's very, like... This got this epic feel to it. Um, yes. Yeah. And also not this like fiddling, noodling complexity, which is I think thanks to the the non technical skills of Kiss. But it. Yeah, it but plays I mean, well. at the same time, like there's something to be said for giving notes space. You know, it's, that's right. Simplicity it's, uh, is often good. Yeah, it's easy to fill space with a million notes, but to take the unimportant ones out is where it becomes difficult. And this is right. a good riff. Yeah. Um. Let's let's talk about. Let's jump back to the one thirty mark here to make sure we've covered it accurately. Okay. Yes. Because it is. So that's the first instrumental break. It's, yeah, different from the second instrumental break. Yeah. Um. Also a bit like while the second one is a lot of sustained focus, this one's a lot of actually kind of like short notes. Yeah, that riff comes back in, which came in a little bit earlier, but now it's like here to stay a bit. And that's where you get a bit of your little noodling, your little shreddings. From the other guitar the or in the, between? The phrase there. Just the first time he plays that uh, pattern. Yeah, as a transition. You're right. And then, yeah, that extra guitar comes in. Yeah. They modulate up. And then they go into the... the there's another verse, the other third verse in there, and then another chorus. And then yes. the and then instrumental break the with the solo. Instrumental break with the solo in there. Which I which is actually a duet. Yes, 
because you get the two guitars. Yeah. Could you guitar- call it a guitar solo in the sense? Well, then the drums are playing too. So is it ever Does really it still a solo? count as a solo because it's it's like it's, it's just dedicated the to that class of instrument? Like no. yeah, <laughs> hmm. yeah. I don't know. It's uh, it's an instrumental break. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and, and it is that great energy on it and the whole thing, pumped yeah. up by that drum drum roll transition again because it it gains intensity after a yeah and then we get another verse after that like they transition back into the chorus riff um mm-hmm. and then yeah verse four comes in which is like honestly in in a pop rock song i would not expect another verse at this point i would expect a lot of choruses until the end right but they're yeah, like we, we gotta finish reverse. the story <laughs> you want to find out what happens to the drunk driver he dies he knows he's gonna die um yeah, yeah and that's that well there are then, right. then, then there are outro. those choruses yeah with the the outro tucked into the linking to that second instrumental bridge those guitar solos oh right I'm a very definitive on the greatest hits version on the uh, album version you of course get a car crash okay yeah I just didn't listen to the album version I was like ah I'm sure they're the same I don't know why I decided that (laughs) well they're mostly the same it's mostly the same song but yeah that is Detroit Rock City a song that I mean it's good right well you got a, a a producer who knows hard rock guiding kiss who knows like big showmanship to to make a hit song listen that's how you make a hit song yeah put put some people who know what they're doing together or at least have an idea of what they want yeah um but we want to talk about some covers alex starting in oh, we 1994 sure do. with a cover by the stones <laughs> the mighty mighty boss stones Body That's body a boss joke stones. from BoJack Horseman. <laughs> uh, is uh, it? I don't even Mr. Remember. Peanut Butter says he's got tickets to the Stones, and then <laughs> the mighty, mighty BoJack's boss like, stones. "You got tickets to the Rolling Stones?" He's like, "No, the Mighty Mighty Boss Stones." Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, BoJack Horseman, funny stuff. Great bit. Um, so they're a ska punk band from Boston, Massachusetts. One of the progenitors of ska punk and ska core. And uh, this is from a 20th anniversary Kiss tribute album called Kiss My Ass. Yeah, another band I... Well, I wouldn't say I know Kiss mostly from Rock Band, but I know this song mostly from Rock Band, and I know the Mighty Mighty Boss Stones mostly from Rock Band. Because of right. Where Did You Go. Oh, yeah. I was trying to... Like, I knew a new a Mighty Mighty Boss Stones song. Yeah. So on the cover of this album, to talk about the album briefly, I, yeah. you want to talk about Kiss merchandising projects like Boom, a, a Kiss celebration album with artists such as Lenny Kravitz, Stevie Wonder, Garth Brooks, Anthrax, Gin Blossoms, Toad the Wet Sprocket, uh, a band formed for the album Shandy's Addiction, Dinosaur <laughs> Jr., Extreme, The Lemonheads. Stevie Wonder. Well, wow. yeah, it's called yeah. Kiss My Ass. <laughs> classic kiss regrooved um and you'll note a couple things on the album first the american flag in the back 
yep. several countries when this album was released there, including, I think, New Zealand and Canada, changed it to their country's flag. So if you get a Canadian version of this album, it will have the Canadian flag in the back. Another interesting thing and another thing about Kiss as a brand is they couldn't clear the uh, the rights for Paul Stanley's original makeup in time. Oh, it's, so you'll see one of the characters the has a makeup scheme called the Bandit, which Paul Stanley briefly used or used in some live performances. Oh, yeah, because I did notice that. on their Wikipedia page there was like the four core face makeup patterns, and then like two other ones. Yeah. These oh, but there's an even another one called the Bandit that is not the That's Fox right. or the Encore. It's not the Fox. Yeah. So they had it's. It's very funny to me that a Kiss project couldn't clear Kiss makeup, for instance. Yeah, it's wild that they like they all have their own makeup pattern, um, like copyrighted. Yeah. Like, wow, or trademarked? Trademarked? Yeah, and I guess whatever. It's, it is. Yeah, it's a very strange, strange thing. Um. So, so wait, song, which one they couldn't get the Spaceman? Yeah, they couldn't get Spaceman, Paul huh. Stanley. So we have this is basically a like a kind of ska punk version of the original yeah it's actually fairly close but they throw those horns in there yeah slight amount of horns in here the one of the biggest things about this song the only part i really loved was the beginning with an actual phone call from gene simmons about this album project right so he tells them, it opens, the, so it's similar to the album version. It opens with some car starting noises instead of being in a diner. And we hear this phone call from Gene Simmons. He says that they're saving Detroit Rock City for another big band. He says originally it was supposed to be Megadeth, but their version didn't work out for the album. He's like, so in terms of songs, I'd say any other song you want. And then it just like smash cuts into them playing a very aggressive, like heavy distortion <laughs> Detroit Rock City as the rest yeah. of his phone call plays out. So I and obviously like, they do play Detroit Rock City. Detroit Rock City. Yeah, I like so. the attitude this one starts on, um, and it shows a bit of that like '90s ska punk sense of humor. Yeah. Uh, from there we get, and I think it is meant to be humorous. The vocal performance on this, right? He kind of like I was almost wondering because I I only know them from Where Did You Go, right? Yeah. Um, and that's not what his voice sounds like on Where Did You Go. No. So I was kind of listening. I thought maybe they had two singers or something. I was list- checking out a couple of their songs, and his voice just does that sometimes. And even if you listen to Where Did You Go, there's hints of it. But yeah, he's really doing this like guttural sound. Yeah. I, I didn't look up his name. I should have. And that would be maybe their link to ska core, which is of course ska and hardcore. Dickie Barrett. Dickie Barrett. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. That sort of, that that unclean. <laughs> vocals yeah side, those unclean right? vocals so this kind is of growl. pushing those yeah and hitting that distortion so yeah this might be closer to their ska core work than ska punk yeah but um i would say overall it is a very close sound yeah very safe like, but they they kind of add this extra layer with the horns and i think that adds mm-hmm. a cool sound to it like the horns will either support the riffs or like yeah, usually what they'll do is support a riff and then start to drift off a little bit and like play the, like a crescendo type note. Yeah. Um, just to add a little bit of oomph to some things. And I think yeah, it's cool. Yeah, they do really add that. I think it's because when you even think about the original, those two bit that banow is like lights flashing up on a stage, like it yeah. is a large moment. And the horns really support that. 
with a Mighty Mighty Boston's flavor rather than Kiss. Yeah, for the most part. I would say mm-hmm. there is one bit that I think was a bit questionable, and that was their version of the solo on the horns. Yeah. And it loses some energy, and I'm not totally sure why, but this is not the only version that that is a problem for. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, once you get to that point, it feels like it's kind of stuck between this like almost big band style and this more rock and roll or punk style. Yeah. And it kind of like is a bit incongruous with the rest of the song, and I just thought it lost a lot of energy. Yeah, and it starts so low in terms of its energy there. Like a, True, and maybe they're trying to do a build, but I don't think they build high enough. I don't think they give maybe if they do runway. that build, did build higher, it would work, or start it a bit higher or something. Mm-hmm. And you but can it, yeah. fucking put some aggression into horns. Into horns, you can make yeah. Those things gnarly as hell, and yeah. that would be great for what they're doing here. That would match up with the vocals. That would match up with the song they're covering. But it doesn't take that. So you're right that. That uh, that solo section is just a complete drop off, and the softness of those horns, even as they grow in intensity, is like such a soft. Yeah, brah, 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 too gradual. But I mean, yeah. overall, I did like having the horns as sort of an extra layer on top of everything. I agree. Yeah, and in an otherwise safe cover, they are still a, a highlight for me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this one hits the middle, right? It's a professional band putting a mild twist on a, a popular song. Yeah, that doesn't quite stick it in in yeah. some sections, but in some it does good. Yeah, and that was kind of how the album on large was received. It was mixed reviews, and people were like, it doesn't really hit it for Kiss fans, and it's like, nobody's probably a fan of all of these artists, so like, <laughs> right. do you want to buy this album for the Mighty Mighty Boston's cover? Yeah, that's pretty Lenny broad. <laughs> Like we're yeah. putting in Lenny Kravitz with Stevie Wonder, and with also Stevie Garth Wonder. Brooks, and also Anthrax. Yeah, and then some that I've admittedly never heard of, but also like Dinosaur Junior. and yeah, like Dinosaur these Jr. guys, obviously. So, so yeah, it's it's so yeah. broad. It's like bands who were popular in this time, like 1990, sure, but popular in so many different demographics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so it's an interesting, uh, I guess, artifact. Yeah. And a real just, like, offshoot of the KISS, like, marketing machine. It's just a product of KISS, despite being a cover. So that's yeah, that's interesting. Let's talk about Mattias. Oh, you don't want to talk about the music video? Oh, shit, I forgot about the music video, Alex. Let's yeah. talk about the music video. There's a music video. Um, um, yeah, of course there is. It's 1994. And it starts with that uh, that telephone conversation, but Gene Simmons is actually in this video. That's right. Although, and I'm trying to, there's not, it doesn't really show it, but then it kind of jumps back to, it doesn't say that yet, but to 1976, because that's kind of what the video does. It goes between them in a room performing this song, the band, and presumably them as young people in 1976, just fucking around because they're young people. Yeah, it's essentially about this group of like kiss loving hoodlums who play bumper pool for a bit and then steal yeah which we had to look up bumper pool yeah we had to look up if all y'all know what bumper pool is an octagonal pool table that you shoot balls into holes across the way yeah combat pool it's combat pool yeah (laughs) um but yeah you get your classic band shots in here you see the whole ska gang hanging out in a room and jamming 
and then you get the shots of this this gang of miscreants from 1976 playing bumper pool and then stealing Halloween candy from kids to then go because it's Halloween kiss. 1976. Um, yeah. N- of note, the Jack O' Lantern, the Jack O' Lantern, the Jack O' Lantern outside their house has a star for an eye. Of course. Another kiss reference. So yeah, they just kind of mess around. They throw on Destroyer um, on their record player, play some of pool, course. mess around a bit, and then they paint their faces like the band, like Kiss, and then go around and like prank people. Yeah. They, they egg, they egg, well, they throw it at the camera, but they like presumably a house. Um, they, they TP a house and maybe a tree and... Yeah. Uh, What's the other one? The classic. Steel oh, candy shaving cream. Shaving cream on the cars. Oh, shaving cream on the cars. Um, and then, yeah, steal candy from children. Uh, and then they bring it back to their place and, like, hang out and eat candy. Candy. And, yeah, and watch Kiss videos. Yeah. So it's about, like, hanging out. Yeah, and, and then there's and an ending Kiss. here where somebody jumps on the couch with Gene Simmons. But, unfortunately, since YouTube... Yeah, the fucking end cards videos, block it. So what happens is the lead singer... They're performing in that room for Gene Simmons. And then he jumps onto the couch with Gene Simmons. Right. And that, But you can't tell because it's covered up by the end card. But if you keep watching, and then Gene Simmons kind of gives him a thumbs up. Gives him a thumbs up. He says, good work, Money Bostones. Um, worth mentioning, they do go buck wild at the end of this song. We forgot to mention they do. that. They do. So they do like a fake out ending where it's like... Start screaming shit on the guitars and then... Then they really end. But let's talk about Mattias I.A. Eklund in 1999. Yeah, let's talk about this guy. Um, I.A. Swedish. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it's I-A or if it's I-A or Ya or something. It Does it mean something in Swedish? I don't know. But he is no, Swedish. No idea. He's a Swedish it's guitar two capital player. letters. Yeah, he's a Swedish guitar player. Uh, this is for his project called Freak Guitar. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a kind of a solo... Well, I say solo guitar, but it is all guitar. But it is several guitars. I it's think a probably solo all project, by him. right? Yeah. Yeah, so he was part of Freak Kitchen, uh, Jonas Helberg, and Art Metal. Um, he holds an annual summer camp in Sweden for, like, experienced guitar players. Which is cool. That is cool. <laughs> summer camp? Um, yeah, so coming into this, you think Swedish guitarist, you see the things he's in, you're going, okay, we're about to hear some instrumental metal. Yeah. What we get is a track that sounds like it could be, like, Not right that. into Super Mario Sunshine. It does. Uh, I think <laughs> the genre, I mean, the closest thing that I know uh, to give a name to it is, like, Gypsy Jazz. Okay. That's the sound. Uh, except it's all acoustic guitars and there's no, like, accordions and stuff. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's lots of, like, layered guitars on. Kind of doing the, like, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's drumming in that 4-4 four, four, uh, rhythm. Um, and then also they do the bass part, which is taken from the original song. And then he kind of plays the uh, the melody 
the vocal melody on yeah on but he does so much improvisation around it that you will lose it easily if you're yeah there's you're a lot of attention. like quick passages and stuff in between things so it's not much downtime it's really no. going so pretty impressive playing pretty impressive playing and an enjoyable piece overall a lot of it does raise the question why does this need to be detroit rock city but i also think the yeah. moment where he gets everything together and around two minutes and 20 seconds where he, he's hitting a very distinct riff from the original we've got his weird percussion in the mix yeah which i think lines is, up there he's either hitting a guitar he also according to um his wikipedia page uses electronic drums in his freak guitar project mm. i uh, believe so that there's that. a real crunch on those guitars too yeah um but yeah i, I kind of enjoyed it he really keeps up the energy well yeah um uh keeps up that that pace with that that rhythm going um i think helps push it forward uh and it's pretty impressive playing so like you hear him play the solo and then he like doubles himself or possibly just does these like double stops or something um yeah or whatever you'd call that chords maybe chords, <laughs> um, maybe on the guitar and there's a real emphasis in the beginning the end and maybe on those electronic drums of this like record sound you get a little bit of that like fuzz or warmth yeah it ends with a record scratch it sounds like someone like i guess just pulled the album off or like knocked yeah. over the record player or something so in another way this i because i'm thinking about video games kind of like in bioshock infinite when you would hear like uh, Fortunate Son by CCR or uh, Everybody Wants to Rule the World by Tears for Fears. Yeah. God only knows what I'd be without you, but alternate dimension recontextualized into the freaky society you're in. So uh, this like is alternate dimension tunes. Detroit yeah, Rock City. Yeah, alternate dimension Detroit Rock City. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, I, I liked it. I really did enjoy this one. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And uh, sometimes, especially for, I wouldn't necessarily think so, with something that is so repetitive. Uh, mm -hmm. as an instrumental version particularly that can be very difficult to uh keep the interest up but this one yeah it pretty pretty handy and a, like in a very acoustic cover keeping that energy up like you said he does a, a good job of that too mm -hmm. so it's like high risk but i think it pays off in the end i think it's a very good version yeah i agree um let's talk about an old favorite on the show though hey seed dixie in 2000 hey dixie Get up, everybody don't move their feet Get down, everybody don't leave their seat All you gotta lose your mind in Detroit, Rock City Get up, everybody don't move their feet We've talked about them a few times. They play rock grass. That's their genre. It's bluegrass. Basically, bluegrass covers of rock songs. Um, and their name is an ACTC pun. That's right. I've finally... Had these, we finally had them off enough times that I've internalized that fact and know it looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I, believe it at first. You know, I think a lot of times we talked about these guys and we're like, hey, I'd probably enjoy this live. I'm starting to flip on that opinion. I'm like, I don't know if I could do a full, like even 30 a minutes full set show. of these guys like, yeah, doing this. This one, um, yeah, it's it's an interesting like kind of gimmick. And it hits sometimes, yeah, I think. Sometimes it hits. Um, and that that's definitely what they're doing in this. And I do think that the intro, da -da 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 -da, sounds good yeah. on the fiddle. Yeah. 
Um, I like that intro section. Um, and then it, it, it feels a bit slow once the vocals come in, I thought. Yes. Which is kind, kind of works because like it still stays steady because they have this walking bass line going. Mm-hmm. And I think that works to drive it forward. Um, and like, you know, they've got their sound. It works uh, with that. It's, it sounds appropriate. But then once it, once again, they stumble in the solo. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Where's the energy? And again, like, fucking fiddles can rip. So why is it not ripping in this solo? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it must be difficult because we've had two mess it up already. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, yeah. uh, there's kind of two paths they could have gone on this and they aim for the middle, which is no good. They could have kind of slowed it down. They've done some lyric changes so that the slow energy in the verses is like rewarded or like fits in more with the rest of the song. It's a song about a dude dying in a car accident. This is a country version. We can, you know, play the sad strings a little bit. Or we need to hoot and nanny this up and fucking like cut Party. Loose. Yeah, so that's what the song's about, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially, like, the other thing, I mentioned the walk-in bass line. It cuts out during the solo. Yeah. And that was driving it forward so strongly before. You're right, To not man. have it, it's just not enough. Like, it just loses a bit. I don't... Yeah. They... Yeah, it's and like, for these guys... I, well, t- I was like, trying to figure think- out what the problem was, but I don't know. It's like... Like, they don't, like, it's not sharp enough, kind of. Yeah, it's like a, just a middle-of-the-road delivery album filler kind of version. Yeah. It's, so I think it's like, they it's knew too it was bad. a good idea, but, but they didn't so want to put in the time to execute. Yeah. So yeah, falls flat for me. Um, But let's find some guys who I think are big fans of Pink Floyd. Gene Walk Group in 2003. Gene Walk Group, yeah. I went on their Did you website. Find anything on these dudes? Uh, they have a website. Um, yeah, I found their website. <laughs> no news since 2012, though. Yeah. Um, and they're like about pages like, we never sold out, man. It's real music, man. We're fucking here and we're great. And so all I could really factually pull from that is that these guys were founded in the early 90s. Yeah. They were on Discogs. They were founded in the in the nineties. In nineteen ninety, they call themselves Hard Rock slash AOR. AOR, album oriented rock. Ah, uh, okay, sure, yeah, yeah. Um, and like like Sticks gets called AOR. I don't know how broad that category is though. Category is that's the only group I've ever heard to refer to as AOR, but I'm sure others are. Others are. <laughs> anyway I did like pick up I was kind of thinking sticks on this for a bit like dark stick songs but I think it is a little more Pink Floyd influenced if I'm Pink Floyd yeah because they really slow it down yeah and try to go for this like almost sinister sound yeah yeah but do you think it works I think they put their all into it <laughs> yeah I think I like the quality of the vocals and I like some of the moves. I don't think it really nails down Detroit Rock City to the point yeah. where they tuck in Detroit Rock City at the end. They actually do, similar to the Boston's, they give us a revved up version at the end. Yeah, there. right at the end. 
but could we not have incorporated that throughout the piece? I don't mind like a, a down up for this, you know? Yeah, it's it, it. I feel like the song is so much about like partying and being mm-hmm. fast that to just slow it down, I don't think it really works in that way. Like it ends up feeling sluggish to me. And then yeah. it's all kind of ambient. Like, they, like, they don't really have the riffs. They do, kind of. Yeah, there's, like, a gentle like arpeggio in the back. Most of the way throughout, yeah. Like, the guitar's doing these, like, wailing sounds. But, yeah, it's mm-hmm. in the back. And there are some arpeggios, like you said, which sounds based on that original uh, solo, probably. Yeah. But it's just, it's all ambient. Um, And it's, like, long, and they don't have the solo. And, like, yeah, I, I didn't think... I didn't think it... It didn't work for me. It's just... And, yeah, it's just... just slow pace, lack of rhythm. That's that's the two things that bugged me about it. Yeah. I, I'm sure I there's a way that. to do it in this way. I don't think they do. This, like, to me, it's the, like, TV version, but done by boomers, <laughs> where it's, like, this is... You're just watching a car crash in slow motion for fucking four minutes. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, how did Replay. we get here? And then the song tells you, and you're like... Oh my god. He <laughs> wow. was driving to the Kiss concert and he fucking died. Yeah, I, I just don't get the like um anxious energy. Yeah. From the I do the like lyrics. the the kind of like drama he puts on. He's like, You gotta lose man in Detroit and he just lets Detroit hang and then he then he chucks another like Detroit Rock City in. I was like, yeah, that's kind of cool. I like when we fuck around with choruses a bit. I'm a fan of that move. Yeah, that's a good move. But I didn't like this version. But yeah, it's it really takes out all the fucking gas. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's and I listening to it, I maybe was just like, man, yeah, I do love acts like Pink Floyd and other prog rock or I guess AOR bands. I don't know if they count as AOR. They might. They might. A lot of albums Should they got. Should have looked up AOR. They do have a lot of albums. All I know is A and R, man. So I'm business-oriented. But we got into the business of talking about Maziora, the band, in 2013. A metal band formed in Japan in 2010. Yeah, the Japanese. Yes. Um, I was looking them up. There were some tags like glam metal, new wave of sleaze. I thought yeah. that was neat. New wave of sleaze. Yeah. That's cool. I think it was on... Where was it? Oh, Rate Your Music had them listed under new wave of sleaze slash glam metal. Made, I think it's just a playlist made by some guy or Japanese glam. They're associated with glam metal and hair metal. Metal. Okay. They're metal band. They're a metal band. This is like really aggressive up their metal. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This Except amps it up, man. This amps it right up. <laughs> At the beginning's fun. It's like a. I mean, the original starts with like a skit. So why yeah. not, right? Uh, and I guess the Mighty Mighty Bostones do that too. Um, it's just like a child. Like there's a music box. Sound yeah, so you get a child. baby version of Detroit Rock City. Mommy, when I grow up, I want to be a big rock star. I want to live in a big house. I have my own zoo with the lion and tiger and dragon, too. 
And then he ends by saying, I will always like money. Yeah, he says, like, I promise to be always nice and use my money. And, oh, I thought it was like mommy. Oh, maybe. I I thought it was money because we were were maybe taking a dig at Maybe it is money. It's a child, so they're not actually the best at, like, enunciation. Yeah. (laughs) Um... Yeah, it's like a Japanese guy doing a doing a baby voice. So like, maybe lose a few sounds here or there. Um, and that's the beginning. But then after that, yeah, like straight into this like distorted guitars. Uh, lots of double kick on the drums. Lots of double kick. That really like high overdriven <laughs> guitar. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they kind of like. It's mostly following the original. Um, yeah. They're taking the the riffs and everything, but they're like sort of adapting those riffs to be more of this like chuggy sound. Because a lot of the riffs yeah. are like you know single notes. I guess licks even because they're mostly single note lines. Mm-hmm. Um, but now they're like power chords or maybe just really distorted notes. I don't know. Um, but also they're playing like like they just add like more notes per note (laughs) if that makes sense it does make sense yeah they really modernize it into this like metal context so they move it from hard rock into metal with a lot of modern ideas so this chug that adds in bonus notes adding in bonus notes pretty much everywhere oh yeah so there's that like high technicality that comes into place in metal yeah there's some pretty impressive technical playing at moments in this one that's for sure yeah Going into this, and even with you compiling the playlist, there's a big worry about just like a bunch of metal versions, and they all sound kind of similar to the original. This is and not there that were a, a lot version. of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I'm very impressed with the. But this one had the, an uh, intro with a baby voice, so I was like, "That's different enough." So, yeah, how could you not? This one's two genres <laughs> in one. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting take with like a little bit of a different style, and uh, they. They have the chops to back it up, and they they totally keep the energy in. Like, they, yeah. there's no lack of energy in this one. Um, I'm just thinking about the solo section. Get like a big oh, yeah. drum fill into that. Lots of double kicks on that, and then like, it's still like the solo is still like kind of in their style, with the you know their guitar sound and their like chuggy style. But you know, not losing energy. It's going harder, no. if anything. Yeah. They yeah, the only one that could be accused of going harder than the original is this one. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they go for it. Yeah, pretty fucking solid version. And they do a sort of fake out ending as well. Doesn't everyone kind of do that? Like that the original does that. Yeah. Or maybe not everyone. But well, like, the original that does just a, like a straight. I guess they do. It is a bit of but a like in out. the original, at least in the. I think both of them, uh, definitely in the the greatest hits version. It's like half a verse or half a chorus rather, and then they like right. oh it's the end, psych, and then they do another, get up, and then you're right because you're right. The fake out's been there from the start. I'm a fool. From the start. It's been there from day one. It's been there beside you, <laughs> all along. All along. Uh, yeah, but that's the that's the Japanese version. Yeah, that's the Japanese version. Pretty fucking cool rad. Stuff. Heavy. Let's talk about Avia Avila. Yeah. 
there is so like just searching this name like there's so many things that are just called this yeah so this um, is the year 2015 it's not the city school, or one of the members of oingo boingo i don't know what it is i found a whole lot of ones who it isn't yeah there's like lots of like solo um, but to female give you an idea singers. Of their sound, they were discovered on the playlist indie chill covers. Yeah, this is and this is a Kiss tribute album compilation thing that they're that this was on. Yes, with several different groups That's that I called Kiss and Makeup never heard of before, like Jade L and the Two Tens and Kavka Shishido and Russian Red. Like I don't know who any of these artists are. Yeah, it's one of And I don't know ones. who Avila is. Or... Flora Cash is a name I've seen before. Johnny Cash is. No, I don't know why. Um, great niece. Yeah, Johnny I Cash's flower. From his flower. It's um, <laughs> just flower. Yeah, I don't know any of this. Um, um, but this so, one So, yeah, is... I don't know who this is. Is the point. So, it's like a... Okay, that's fair. This one is... Uh, sort of a like synth poppy version yeah kind of dark synth pop yeah could be accused it's of being a, a made for tv version potentially it's um i'm not gonna put it in that category though because i kind of like this one <laughs> i did too but i definitely agree that uh it moved into this more like poppy style to the extent that it structurally it only does two verses, mm-hmm. and then after the solo, just does a bunch of choruses, which is kind of what I expected from the original. Right. But they do another verse. Right. But this then does that thing I expected, which always, you know, piques my curiosity. Um, but no, yeah, it's very, like, lots of ambient sounds. So, like, it comes in with, like, church bells, basically. Church bells, yeah. And, like, string synth, and then there's, like, that bass and drums playing regularly, and, like, chimes on the synth. Um, and then, yeah, much more smooth sounding on the lyrics. So, it, yeah, it has that, like, kind of indie, I guess. For some reason, I'm thinking indie, even though it's not a good descriptor of music. But, yeah, there's that synth, and there's more of a pop feeling to it. Um, yeah. And then, uh, what else? Right, the the drums manage to, like, like this, um, keep this driving rhythm up, which mm-hmm. I think is very useful. And, and that's where some of the other uh, versions lose out, is they don't have this forward momentum. Yeah. Or they drop it momentarily, and this one doesn't drop it yeah so the drums and that driving bass line real yeah. simple but it does exactly what it needs yeah it's to literally do. just like bump up bump up bump up bump up bump it's like yeah that's what you need you need that feeling um and and this one has it so it's, it's a ultimately I, I think they did a pretty good job and there's some yeah. other good elements there's like a uh, i like the fuzzy guitar in the chorus um yeah. i like they take the descending arpeggio and like use it a few times during the song uh so like it's in the chorus definitely the first chorus and then later on again um and i don't remember off the top of my head if there's a solo section there is yeah there is yeah um but like yeah they use the riffs and they kind of spread them out but yeah it feels more poppy and it's totally solid version totally solid yeah those choruses are really great i can understand why they use it a bunch because it's like 
it is kind of like a tight, poppy little, get up, everybody gonna lose their seats and get down. And it's like, yeah, it sounds good. They got an extra vocalist on there for the, the backing vocal parts. Yeah, it doubles on some of the lines. Doubles on it, yeah. No, it was pretty freaking cool. And it ends on those church bells again. Real bell emphasis on this, even on the synths and stuff. Lots of bells happening? Lots of bells happening. What does happening. it mean? It means... We're in a church. We're in a church because it's a funeral for the dude who died. <laughs> yeah, maybe, honestly. Wake up, sheeple. Everyone's um, dead. That's it. Wake that's up. the last version we're talking about, which means it's time for our final yeah. verdicts. We got three categories today. We got the worst version, the best version, and the version you would play at the funeral for the guy who died and that inspired the song. (laughs) But for some reason, Hmm. you can't afford Kiss's regular one. (laughs) Alex, what's the worst version of this? What's the worst version of this? Um, For me, I did not like the Gene Walk group version. That's a fair take, yeah. Just sucked all the energy out and I didn't think it replaced it with anything worthwhile yeah, and I right said there, you know Alex. what I don't think that's what this song is about and uh, and I didn't like it that's fair I think I appreciated that one more than my pick Hazy Dixie because I, I tend to have a hard pain against like middle of the line do nothing versions and despite all their minor changes on here like Hazy Dixie lands nowhere they, they take us nowhere yeah, fun or and, cool or interesting yeah um, my one least, thing with them is i mm-hmm. feel like if they had improved the solo it would have made it much better yeah it's that yeah, was like my big disappointment about For that sure. version yeah yeah gene walk also though you like you're right it's like a no energy piece which it puts on airs of like album oriented rock without any like weight behind it or not enough weight Something to at least like that. push this forward. Yeah. There's no, like, it's lacking connection. It's lacking energy. It's lacking in just about anything good. But I still yeah. have soft And then right at the end, they like speed it up, and it's like, why didn't you do that sooner? Yeah, it's like, why didn't you do that sooner? But, hey, who am I to say what's what? Alex, best version of this. What is it? Best version. I actually liked a couple of them. Yeah, um, of ones on I think the one I liked the most was Avila actually um moving it into that sort of pop realm i think it was mostly just i was impressed that they kept the momentum up uh while kind of doing something similar to gene walk like they slow it down but they don't lose um the oomph behind it or or they replace it with something worthwhile replace it yeah that you can actually just be like well here's a basic driving rhythm so you're gonna feel movement and then we'll we'll just do our like uh, you know sort of new wave styled synth pop over top. Yeah, and it's still gonna sound pretty fucking good. That's crazy, right? That's yeah. such a reach. doesn't sound like it should work, but they you know mm-hmm. keep it simple, stupid that yeah, kiss, uh, and then it uh, it works. And it works, yeah. So yeah, that's definitely a, a contender for me. Um, I like the the Mattias Eklund version, and I like Maziora the band. Uh, all for different reasons. If I gotta pick a best one, though, uh, I think in terms of going nuts to butts, it's gotta be Maziora. It's just like, what if it was Kiss, but more so, and you go... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what if they just, like, had, just just went for it, just did not stop? And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah these damn. ones go to 11 ideology. Yeah. So that's, that's what I'm going with. Alex, it's the funeral of the anonymous Charlotte driver. 
who made this song possible. <laughs> that sounds Kiss like a name. Kiss is denying Driver. you the privilege. Charlotte Driver. Um, and you did. You can't use the original soundtrack. Not even the greatest hits version. Kiss has said no. They say in terms of Kiss songs, you know, any other one you like. Would any other one you like? Nah, it's got to be Detroit Rock City. You know, it's got to be Detroit Rock City. Who are you so going which with? Version. I feel like the one that would fit in best at a funeral is Gene Walk Group. There you go. Yeah. Um, it's just very somber, which I don't think serves the song. But in the context of a funeral, that's the one that's going to stand out the least. Yeah. Um, if that's what you're going for, which I, I have decided it is this, what I'm like, going for. This hard rocker who died in a car crash, like at least give him album-oriented rock. Like we're still in rock and roll here, my brother. We're gonna send you off. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm gonna use Avila or Avia for the uh, the use the use of church bells for one. Ah, yes, the church bells. You did already reference it playing at at a funeral. funeral. So yeah, it seems like an obvious pick, and that's why I'm picking it because it's obvious. <laughs> <laughs> But that's my final verdict. If you all got different opinions, similar opinions, want to talk about a version we didn't talk about, hit us up on Twitter, hashtag GovernmentPod, at Jake the Cressy, at some Alex Wise Guy. Send us your comments, questions, concerns, suggestions for future episodes. We'll be sure to look at those. Uh, be sure to rate and review us. You can also, wait, hang on, you can also email, email us. If you are scared of Twitter, email us instead at GovernmentPod at gmail.com. Send us your comments, questions, concerns there. Be sure to rate and review us. We're on Spotify for the moment. We, who knows with the future here they started sending us they started having some concerns Alex they sent me some emails oh they're like hey your episode Mr. Brightside the killers features third party audio and I'm like oh no what is it it's like Mr. Brightside by the killers so I'm like yeah guys <laughs> what'd you think was going on here so I've explained to them that it is for review purposes and we'll see if they believe that okay it's true but you know whether that holds any water We'll see. So, for the moment, we're on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, your favorite podcasting app. Be sure to follow us, tell your friends about us, rate and review us. You are the marketing budget, and we love you so much for it. That does it for today's episode of Cover Me and for Entrepreneur Summer. Yeah. And as we always say on Cover Me, I hear Cover Me, and it pulls me through.